welcome everyone to week number three of our fall how-to series. We have seven weeks in the series, and tonight we are talking about how to share the gospel with your friends and family. Many people wrote into us saying that they were interested in this particular topic because it can be pretty challenging or intimidating sometimes. So that is exactly what we are talking about tonight. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ali Carr, and I'm the director of special projects at the International Commission. I've had the privilege of serving at IC for just under three years. So I host our E&E trainings. I also help with marketing and other events. If you have any questions or comments or feedback you want to send to me regarding our E&E trainings, feel free to reach out to me at allison.carr at ic-world.org. For those of you who are new with us this evening or aren't quite familiar with the International Commission, our mission is equipping and enabling believers worldwide to conduct church-based evangelism projects so that we can reach unbelievers and make disciples. So those first two words in our mission statement, equipping and enabling, that, that is exactly what the E&E stands for in the E&E training. So you're on here tonight and we are serving to equip and enable you, you to share the gospel and make disciples wherever you are. And we do that through a variety of tools and resources. These are just a handful of the resources that International Commission provides. We have the ENE Show, which is a little bit different from the ENE trainings. These are available on YouTube. If you search International Commission, the ENE Show will pop right up. We feature different guests and more of a Q&A style um, rather than a training recording. We also have a Storytelling with Purpose Evangelism Toolkit. Now, this is a free resource on our website for you to download. Um, it's for pastors, teens, adults, really anyone. And in this toolkit, we provide resources to, again, help equip and train you to share the gospel wherever you are with a variety of resources. So you can find that on our website at internationalcommission.org. If you want to watch any of our past E&E trainings, you can find those on Vimeo. So not YouTube, but Vimeo.com search International Commission, and you can watch all the E&E trainings that we had from September 2020 up until today. And finally, International Commission has published a book. So if you're an avid reader and you love stories and testimonies of how God is working around the world, then this book is for you. It's called Global God. It's available on Amazon for less than $10. We have it in a paperback copy as well as a Kindle version. So if you search Global God, A Journey with God on the Great Commission on Amazon, you'll be able to purchase that book and read amazing stories of how God is truly working miracles and drawing people to him all around the world. So before we get started, there's just three questions that I like to address at the beginning of every training. First is simply, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. And what is the good news? Jesus tells us in John 3, 16, that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. And this is a free gift by God that is available to anyone. And so that's what we want to tell people that, that if they trust and believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead three days later, you will be saved. And so this is the saving grace that God has given us that we want to proclaim to the world that anyone, anywhere can be saved. And so what is our role in the Great Commission and with the gospel? In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus gives us the Great Commission. And he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
So go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what is our role? Our role is to go and make disciples and teach people to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. So if that's the gospel and that's what God has entrusted us with, how should we share it? What posture should we have in sharing the gospel in all these different ways with our friends, with our families, with different cultures, different religions? In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the hope that you have and do this with gentleness and respect. So those are the key words there. We want to share the gospel with gentleness and respect to anyone who asks us to give a reason for the hope that we have. So thank you for joining us here tonight to learn how to share the gospel with your friends and family. I'm pleased to welcome Jason Snyder as our guest presenter here this evening. Jason is the minister of spiritual formation at a large local church here in the DFW area called Prestonwood Baptist Church. And he has a passion and lots of personal experience in this particular area of sharing the gospel with his friends and his family. Very unfortunately, however, Jason contacted me just the other day saying that there was a conflict in his schedule for tonight, so he isn't able to make it here live in person. He sends his apologies, but he was so gracious to send us a video of his training portion. So thanks for being understanding in this slight bit of change for this evening's training. Um, so right now, I'm just going to transition on over to Jason, who's going to equip and enable us with how to share the gospel with friends and family. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Jason Snyder, and I serve on the ministry staff at Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Texas. Uh, and it is my pleasure to spend some time with you this evening uh, in this how-to series as we talk about how to share our faith with close friends and family members. And before we get into the content this evening, I just want to um, share a brief word of apology in that I'm not here with you uh, digitally live, that this is a recording, and uh, it was my plan to be with you uh, live this evening, and uh, some unforeseen circumstances uh, crept in, and uh, so I wanted to do everything I could to spend some time with you, and so uh, the best option here was to share a video, and uh, I'm excited uh, that you've all joined uh, the discussion this evening, and you're going to have some time uh, to break away into some discussion groups and to discuss some of this content uh, that we're going to talk about tonight. And this is a huge passion of mine that I really think that our families and our close friends uh, that, have, that God has put in our sphere of influence, that it really is a built-in mission for us. Of course, you know and I know uh, that we're built for community, uh, that we need others. And uh, many times the others in our lives are believers uh, because we typically surround ourselves uh, with similar affinity, uh, especially with regards to things of faith. Uh, but oftentimes as well, uh, we have people who have not yet crossed that line of faith and come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it is our responsibility in so many ways uh, to share Jesus with those people. And that's really what I want to talk about this evening. Now, the first thing I want to say is this is quite possibly the most difficult, most challenging, most intimidating area of evangelism. And those are the people that are closest to us. And 
I really think that there's some reasons for that. Uh, the very first reason, I think, is because the enemy sort of attacks us on all angles and really be, uh, really suggests to our mind, and we start to believe it, uh, that those people won't receive Christ. And somehow us sharing with them, it's going to push them away and it's going to fracture relationships and it's going to, um, you know, cause divisions rather than cause unity. And I really just think that that is a, it's a weak play by the enemy, but it is a distraction. We sort of take in this mindset of what Jesus talked about in the Gospels, that a prophet, in this case an evangelist, is not welcome in his hometown. And I think that that's just a distraction of the enemy. And we need to do some spiritual warfare battling against that mindset. I think another thing that we're concerned about is um, they're going to ridicule us. They're going to mock us. They're going to mock the God that we believe in. They're going to mock the faith that we personally have. And it may cause some doubts. It may cause some instability in our faith journey. And you know what? That's okay. Uh, you know, if there is some persecution, if there is some ridiculing or some mocking, Let's just remember what Jesus said, that we are very blessed in those positions because as Jesus was ridiculed and persecuted, so we will be. And I'm not going to lie to you or, or give you a false, uh, you know, a false hope here that you share Jesus with your family and it's not going to cause perhaps some waves in those relationships. But God's bigger than that. And I really believe that as you press into that and as you share Jesus, it's a massive opportunity for you to draw those family members into a relationship. And then just quite frankly, we don't believe in ourselves. This is the third reason. Um, we just don't think that uh, we have the ability to share Jesus uh, with our family and friends. We don't know what questions are going to ask. And there's something about this, you know, as I was studying for this lesson, uh, one writer said, it's sharing Jesus with the people who changed our diaper. And so, in other words, they know everything about us. Uh, they know if it's our parents, for example, they know our disobedience. They know our past. They know our sinful history. They know where we've struggled. If it's grandparents or aunts and uncles, um, you know, depending on how close your family is, there could be some family strife in the mix. And if it's your friends, they've perhaps seen how you've been a hypocrite before. And so we just think, how in the world am I going to share Jesus uh, with these people. And so those are some of the things that I really see uh, as primary excuses. And by the way, um, I say that we all tend to do this. I tend to have these excuses. And so I'm right there in the battle with you. Now, I also, you know, as, as we start thinking about and sort of putting, uh, putting our minds at ease, I think it's important for us uh, to think about this, that the passages of Scripture that say that uh, God doesn't wish for anyone to perish, right? Or John three sixteen that God, that Jesus, uh, that He came for the whole world, right? That God sent His Son uh, to be a sacrifice for the whole world. That when we believe in Him, we can have eternal life. Your family uh, is in that whole world, and your family are those that God doesn't wish to perish. And so it is God's will, it's God's wish that your family, that your friends, that these, this close-knit group of people would come to faith. And so when we start thinking that way, it really changes our perspective. And so really step one in this process is to start thinking God thoughts about your family. God wants 
your family to come into a relationship with him. It is his desire. That's clear in scripture. And so when we go into those conversations, it's important for us to remember that God's behind us. And uh, as we step into those conversations, uh, that the Holy Spirit power is enabling us, is giving us exactly what we need in that moment in order to share uh, with our families. So then I believe that leads us into step number two. And step number two is, of course, you guessed it, prayer. Um, when we go to share Christ with anyone, uh, whether it be a close family member, immediate family member, father, brother, sister, mom, uh, distant family member, close friend, associate, uh, workplace uh, uh, associate, uh, anything like that. We need to go in prayer. And the reason why I think about this and the reason why I, I strongly suggest that we should be praying evangelistic prayers every single day is because of verses like John 6, 44, where Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It's important when we look at that passage, we see that Jesus is saying we need the Holy Spirit power. We need, the, we need God the Father, God Almighty to be participating in that conversation through the Holy Spirit. And so we're asking, we're asking, uh, sorry, my phone's ringing there. We're asking God to be in the midst of that conversation and to draw people to himself. Specifically in this instance, uh, we're asking our uh, uh, parents. We're asking our uh, for our brothers and sisters. We're asking for our aunts and uncles. We're asking God to draw those individuals to Himself. So 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 important. So we pray. Another instance that I think is important as we look at the Scripture is in First Corinthians three, and the reason why I bring us to First Corinthians three uh, is because. If you look at verse 6, okay, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but who's the one that reached? God is the one that gave the growth. God is the one that drew people to himself. God is the one that did the saving work. So the reason why I'm specifically urging us to pray is because... I want us to focus in on who is responsible to save individuals. It is not your responsibility to do the saving. It is your responsibility to do the sharing. It is your responsibility to live a life, a testimony that draws people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, of course, is an example of faith and an example of what it means to follow Jesus, but God's the one that's doing the saving work. Now, that takes a tremendous amount of responsibility off of our shoulders, because oftentimes when we go into a, into a conversation about evangelism, we think it is my responsibility to save. It's my responsibility to have all the answers and say the right things and share the gospel just right. And if I don't do it, then it's my fault they didn't come to faith. That's not the testimony of Scripture. The testimony of Scripture is you and I are ambassadors with a message. We're responsible to share the message. Paul planted, Apollos nurtured, right? But God is the one that caused the growth in that, in that faith relationship. And so 
Let's hand this over to God. And that's all part of that, that, that step of prayer, that we're asking God to do all of the work and to enable me to have that conversation. So important for us. Now, the next step in this, and these really aren't chronological steps. These are all pieces to the puzzle, if you will. But the next step here is to live a life worthy of the gospel. Now, again, we're sharing Jesus with the people who changed our diaper. <laughs> so they know everything about us. Uh, and they know our, they know our past. Uh, they know where we've been. They know where we've struggled. They're, they know where we've sinned. They know where we currently struggle. And so we kind of have this anxiety that, man, they're going to look at us and go, yeah, right. Uh, here's my encouragement here. We're going to do everything we can to live a non-hypocritical life and to live the way that Jesus wants us to live and have a testimony where people look at us and go, you know what? You're really not that eight-year-old kid anymore. You're really not that 13-year-old kid anymore. You're really not that 21-year-old uh, college student anymore. You have, there's something different about you. There's something enticing about your personality. There's something enticing about this faith. Uh, that you're living. And the reason why I bring all of this up, the testimony, your testimony of faith in Jesus Christ is one of the most powerful ways to share Jesus. You know, when we look at the book of Acts, for example, many times when the apostles were sharing Jesus, evangelism and their efforts in sharing Christ, planning the first century church, was accompanied by miracles. And so Paul would share, and then there would be a miracle. John would share, and then there would be a miracle. Peter would share, and then there would be a miracle. It was awesome. And sometimes we think, my goodness, it would be so powerful for us to have these miracles that we could share Jesus, and then someone would be healed. Or we could share Jesus, and leprosy would no longer exist. Or we could share Jesus, and cancer would be eradicated. Yeah, I agree with you. That would be phenomenal. But what we often miss, specifically in family evangelism, is that we are a walking miracle. And so when we are sharing our testimony, we're telling the story of a miracle. We're telling the story that we have been changed, that I went from death to life, right? I'm a brand new creation, what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And so when our parents, our brothers, our sisters, our aunts and uncles, grandparents, whatever family member or close friend you're talking about here, when they're looking at us, they're looking at a bona fide, God-sized miracle because you are no longer dead. You're now alive. You're no longer destined for hell. You're destined for an eternity in the presence of God Almighty. Y'all, that is powerful. And so we should never shy away from sharing our personal testimony uh, with those that we love. And you know, a great way of doing this, and perhaps you've heard of this before, is what's called a six-word testimony. A six-word testimony. It's where you share two words of who I was before Jesus, and they're going to know who you were before Jesus. Then you share two words of what happened when you met Jesus, and then you share two words of who you are now that you have Jesus. So, for example, you might share with uh, your family, I was rebellious and I was terribly anxious. But when I met Jesus, uh, he showed his kindness to me. He saved me. Uh, he 
uh, removed me. Uh, he removed my anxiety. I'm now free from that. And now I have peace. Now I am obedient. Now I live a life away from rebellion. You can tell a simple story with just about six words, two before Jesus, two when you met Jesus, and two after uh, now that you have Jesus. And so again, this step, this piece of the puzzle is to live a life, live a testimony that's unhypocritical where you're telling the story of Jesus and how he has saved you and really, really, really made an impact uh, in your life. The other thing that I strongly urge you to do is I strongly urge you to plainly share the gospel uh, with your family. Plainly share the gospel. Don't beat around, don't beat around the bush. Uh, and that means go, excuse me, go in and have a strategy to share Jesus. If you use the Romans road, you know, have those verses memorized and be ready to share those. If you use the three circles, have the three circles memorized and be ready to share those things. Now, my caution here is don't beat your family over the head with scripture. Don't beat your family over the head with scripture. Be ready with those things. Be ready to share the word of God. But don't come in and just abruptly say, I have five verses of scripture I want to share with you. Listen up because you're in trouble. That's, that's probably not going to go well. And so when you come into a conversation, one of the best ways that you can begin a conversation specifically with friends and specifically with family members is use questions. Use questions. And so... You know, in an EE model, an evangelism explosion model, one of the ways to break down barriers as people were going door to door and knocking on doors, front doors, and, and having conversations, cold calling people, where they were asking diagnostic questions. You know, what does it take for a person to go to heaven? What do you believe about spiritual things? If you died today, do you believe that you would go to heaven and spend eternity with God Almighty? Simple questions. I do this with, for example, my Muslim neighbor is I am sharing Christ with my Muslim neighbor, I'm asking him questions to break down barriers. I'm asking him questions such as, uh, Zach, when you die, how do you know that Allah will receive you? How do you know that you have salvation? How do you know that you'll get to spend eternity in heaven? And his answers are always, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Now, that's a perfect opportunity for me to uh, start to share the gospel. But also what I have found is, specifically with those we have a relationship with, is, is when we ask questions, they respond with questions. That's what's happened with Zach, who's a close friend of mine, even though he's a Muslim. It, that I've asked him questions about his faith, and then he asks me questions about my faith. And that gives me an opportunity to share Jesus with Zach because he asked me about it. I didn't beat Zach over the head with the gospel, right? He, he asked me about it. As I asked him questions, then he asked questions in return. And so again, I highly recommend that you spend some time asking questions uh, to your friends and family members. Ask them what they believe. Ask them about the certainty of the end. What's going to happen when they die? Are they sure about this? Are they? Uh, do they know uh, where they're going, and do they have any kind of assurance? Um, those are great questions to ask. Now, as we bring this to a close, and as we close our time together thinking about family and friends, 
uh, I want to do three quick things. Number one, I want to share a couple of book resources that I think would be an excellent way for you just to gain a little bit more traction in these evangelism conversations. So the first book is this book right here. It's Turning Everyday Conversations into Gospel Conversations, and it's written by Pastor Jimmy Scroggins. And this is the three circles. It's the three circles explained. Uh, I recommend this to everyone. Uh, we This is in our uh, church curriculum on how we share the gospel with our friends and family and, and those type of people in our sphere of influence. So highly recommend this to you. Easy read, great resource uh, to learn how to share your faith. And then we recently went through this book right here uh, as a staff team, the spiritual development team, written by uh, Alvin Reed, and it's Sharing Jesus without freaking out. And the subtitle there is Evangelism the Way You Were Born to Do It. And I recommend this book to you because, let's be honest, uh, sometimes when we're sharing our faith with our friends and family, we are freaking out. And so it just calms everything along the way and gives us an opportunity to share our faith. Um, I told you there were three things. It's actually four things. I want to share a quick, uh, just word of testimony with you. So the things that I described to you today, I've actually done in uh, when my grandfather, uh, before he passed away, um, I remember one uh, afternoon we were sitting in the truck together. I grew up in Wyoming on a farm. We were in the pickup truck. We were on the farm somewhere uh, doing a chore that my dad had sent us to do. And I just felt impressed in the moment after I had been praying uh, for a conversation just to ask my grandpa some questions. And, you know, Grandpa, tell me what you believe about this. Father, or Grandpa, tell me what you believe about Jesus. Tell me what you believe about faith and salvation. Now, in that conversation, I found out that my grandfather was a believer. And so, you know, sometimes we'll find out uh, that we have just perhaps non-vocal believers in our families. They do have a faith. It's a personal faith. My grandfather went to church. He was engaged. He was a moral man. Uh, had a wonderful marriage to my grandmother, uh, but we didn't often talk about our personal faith in Jesus. And so those questions, right, and it was, I mean, there was some anxiety about this because, you know, again, the enemy kind of fights against us uh, in these conversations. And so uh, don't, don't submit to that nonsense from the enemy, but really embrace the opportunity to, as Paul said, plant, tend, water, uh, and let God give the increase. So that's a word of testimony. I've been there. I've done this. I've done it with other family members, other close friends. I used Zach as an example as well. Uh, so uh, be ready to share the gospel plainly with these individuals and have a process and have a plan in order to do it and go in prayerfully. Now, one thing that I want to say is, as two things of no-nos, don't do these things. The first thing is don't answer the mocker. Uh, don't sit in the mocker's presence. If your family member is mocking, ridiculing, scoffing at your faith, perhaps it's not time uh, for that person to hear the gospel message and you need to go back to your prayer closet. The verse that I get this for support is Psalm 1, where it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. The the phrase here is, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. It's not our responsibility to sit in the seat of scoffers. Share the gospel plainly and move on. 
We even see this with Paul in Acts 17 as he shared at the Areopagus. It says that there were many that ridiculed him, but there were some that believed. So embrace those who believe and move on from the mockers and allow God to deal with those individuals. Uh, the other thing that I want to say just as a don't do is don't think that perfection uh, is needed. You're not perfect, nor is your gospel presentation going to be perfect. So go in there knowing you may make some mistakes, knowing that you may mess up, knowing that you may use the wrong word. I mean, there's been a few times where I've shared the gospel. I remember one instance specifically. I butchered the gospel. I'm sitting there listening to myself going, what in the world are you saying? Um, I talked about Jesus, and that's all this person needed. Because when I said, okay, do you want to believe in Jesus? Fully expecting to get a no, the person said, yes, I'm so glad you asked. I need Jesus. And friends, this is what I said in response. Really? I was surprised because I had, in my simple mind, I'd failed because it wasn't perfect. But in my imperfection, God uses it for his glory and for his good. And so embrace your imperfection. Embrace the opportunity that you have to speak to a family member and introduce them to Jesus. Go in with questions. Go in with prayer. Go in with a gospel ready to be plainly displayed. Go in with a prepared testimony of a changed life and just watch what God will do. I believe he's going to do amazing things as you are faithful to share the gospel message with those in your most intimate sphere of influence. I hope this has been encouraging to you. I hope that you now go to your time of discussion in your discussion groups and a few of these ideas that we've talked about. Uh, you can further flesh those out, talk about some strategy, and also, also don't miss this opportunity to pray for those individuals uh, that you want to and need to share the gospel with. My prayers are with you, and I hope uh, that God's blessings are with you today, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Jason. He had a lot of great nuggets in his training there. Um, he said, it's not our responsibility to do the saving. It's our responsibility to do the sharing. I have heard that before, but I feel like I always need that reminder because I know many of you on here, you get very passionate. You share the gospel, whether perfectly or imperfectly, and they don't respond. And, and sometimes we think, oh, like, 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 what did I mess up? Or what, why aren't they getting it? But the Bible does say that the, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. And so we just have a responsibility to go and to share like God said in the Great Commission, and he does the saving. So Jason reviewed four steps with us. Um, step number one, he said, think God, think God thoughts about lost friends and family. God's will is for everyone to come to repentance. He also said to pray for the lost. And if you're at all familiar with the International Commission, you know that is the number one priority we place on everything that we do, um, especially in this Operation Andrew model that we use in all of our evangelism projects. It starts um, and ends with prayer. It's so key. So I'm glad that he emphasized that again. He also said to live a life worthy of the gospel. There may be friends and family that 
have known us before Christ or, as you said, changed our diapers. So they they know us inside and out since the day we were born. Um, but we still have a responsibility to live a life worthy of the gospel. And finally, he encouraged us to just plainly share the gospel. And I like what he said. He said, go in with a strategy go in with a strategy because many times we we have a desire to share, but we just don't know where to start or what to say or how to transition a, a simple conversation into a spiritual conversation. And so that's something that I mentioned earlier in our evangelism toolkit that we have. We have various strategies in place for you just to use different tools. So Jason mentioned um, the six word testimony, two descriptions of your life before Christ, two words to describe you coming to Christ, and then two words that describe your life after Christ. Um, we call that a 15-second testimony. You, should, you can share your story in 15 seconds or less, but that's just a quick review of the four specific ways that he said that we can grow in confidence to share the gospel with our friends and family. So now we are going to move into a time of our breakout rooms, and we're going to do just two things together here briefly. First, in our rooms, we're going to state three specific people that we have been praying for or that we want to begin praying for um, our friends or our family that we want to share Christ with. So identify three individuals that you want to pray for this evening. And secondly, based on those points that I just shared, or if you said something else that stuck out to you, what strategy or what step do you want to implement in order to grow in confidence to share the gospel with these people? Let's set a goal, maybe a timeline, and then let's put a plan in place for sharing the gospel with them. So we're going to go into our breakout rooms now, and I will see you all back here in four minutes. If you have any questions for Jason, if you want to talk more about this particular subject, he encourages you to reach out to him at his email address right here, jsnyder at prestonwood.org. If you're interested in the church that he serves at at all, you can head to prestonwood.org. Like I said, it's a very large church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where our headquarters is located. You can watch their sermons online for free. You can get involved with the church if you're local, but that's a way that you you can connect with Jason personally. So our next training, it is actually not in two weeks, but in three weeks. And it is how to host a Matthew party featuring me, your host. So this is a particular topic that I'm very passionate about. Um, Matthew parties are simply more of an internal phrase for what I'm actually going to be teaching on, but it's something that I've done several times over the years. And it's an awesome opportunity to invite people in home into your life with kind of an event in mind in order to take that next step in sharing the gospel with them and building a closer relationship. So hope you will join me then in three weeks on November 4th. All right, now you have been equipped and enabled to share the gospel with friends and family. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Again, if you have any questions or feedback you would like to share with me, please contact me by emailing me at allison.carr at icworld.org, or you can contact Jason at his email address. But before we head out this evening, let me just close us in prayer. God, thank you for another day of life and the opportunity to learn from other believers in the faith who have gone before us and who have um, walked in boldness in sharing the gospel with their friends and family, which is a really intimate 
but I thank you for your word that we can rely on. Thank you for your Holy Spirit for guiding us and for speaking through us, even when we feel like our words fail. So God, help us to walk in confidence to the heavenly vision you have given us, which is your will that all people will come to repentance. So help us, God, to share with those closest to us very soon, God, because we are not promised tomorrow. And we pray all these things together in Jesus' name. Thank you everyone for joining. You've been equipped and enabled and I hope to see you back here in three weeks. Have a good night.